episode nine of Inside the Nest. I can't believe we're here already. I'm your host, Tyson Geik. And on this episode, I'm pleased to be joined by Director of Business Development for the Halifax Thunderbirds, Charlie Ragusa, and longtime NLLer and uh, Halifax Thunderbirds defenseman Scott Campbell will be joining in just a little bit. But uh, Chuck, thanks so much for joining. I've been pushing to get you on to Inside the Nest for a little bit because uh, I think what you do for you know the National Lacrosse League and the Halifax Thunderbirds is is so extremely important. We need to kind of pull the curtain back and find out a little bit more about what you do and uh, kind of what goes into it on a daily basis and you know how other people who maybe want to get into the social media side of things, the business development side of things uh, can improve or kind of get to where you are. So uh, welcome. Uh, thanks for joining us. I don't know if we've got your audio there just yet, but uh, Chuck, I do uh, want to find out. Oh, we, got, we got some audio. Okay, there we, we are. We're, that, that was we're my rocking bad. and rolling now. So uh, Chuck, like I said, you know, I, I've been pushing to get you on here for, for quite a while because I think that social media is such a, an integral part of sports today. And uh, I, I want to kind of know a little bit more about how you got involved with this and, and how you got to where you are today with the Thunderbirds. Yeah, um, you know, I started in college working with the baseball team there and, you know, started to realize that fans and parents and players kind of, you know, wanted to see updates or excuse me, alumni wanted to see updates. Well, the team is on the road and, you know, our our main athletics account wasn't really covering the specialized sports. So I created a t Twitter account and we went to regionals um, around the 2012 championship for the, the Nighthawks then, um, you know, and, and things started to blow up. And I was, you know, first kind of got an inkling that this could be something that I was really interested in. Um, I started with the, th with the uh, Nighthawks in 2013, 2014 as a sales rep. And around that time, I think, you know, social media was growing to, you know, sort of big, but it was still in its infancy, um, you know, and, and as the next two years progressed, it, it definitely increased with, you know, with accounts like the LA Kings Twitter kind of being that first punchy brand. It really kind of put, you know, social media on the map in the professional sports realm. Um, and around 2016, we saw the need uh, to focus on that in a full-time role. Cause at that point we were kind of splitting up a bunch of couple people, um, you know, and, and I followed uh, Ben Soro who at that time was running the account and kind of used the voice that he was going with um, putting, uh, you know, a little bit of a character into the account, really engaging with fans and, you know, being punchy and being witty and, and um, you know, being just a personality and that's kind of been the the strategy all along is just, you know, how do we engage fans? How do we talk to fans in a way that they want to hear it back? So I think, you know, as we progress through the mid 2000s there, um, it's definitely taken, you know, quite a drastic leap in terms of all the different offerings between Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you know, all the different platforms. Now, when you look at it in the kind of progression of social media and its involvement in professional sports, how do you on top of everything, just making sure that you're kind of ahead of the game and just doing some maybe revolutionary stuff with the Thunderbirds? Yeah, my uh, my phone's always attached to my hip. And what you know, whether I'm not 
whether I'm working or not, I'm always kind of keeping an eye on, you know, any memes or trends that might be taking off. Um, and, and that's the thing that you've kind of seen, right? Like, you know, everything's right at your fingertips. So, you know, when you take a look at like, um, you know, the skateboarder with the ocean spray, you know, you can kind of get a feel right away for what that next viral sensation is going to be. You know, the Bernie Sanders sitting in a chair meme. You, as long as you're kind of surfing and staying current, you can kind of predict, you know, the factors that are going to lead into that next viral sensation. So, you know, for us, even when it's when we're in season, it's just trying to be relevant with fans. I think social media is so important for people to get away from their problems. I know that there's, you know, the flip side where people look to, you know, fight or argue or hide behind, you know, burner accounts, whatever the case might be. But I think there's people that use it as an escape from their job or real life problems. And, and what we try and do is really, you know, be an outlet for people that might be, you know, feeling down on the day or, you know, cheer people up. We want to engage with people and just be a distraction from whatever they might be going through. Uh, I know from personal experience, it's pretty tough to to kind of be connected at all times and have your phone on you all the time and, you know, just have that inability to connect. Um, when it comes to running a professional sports team, social media account, you're, you're kind of the voice there. Like I said, you know, I, I wanted to pull the curtain back here, but the curtain's kind of up and people don't realize sometimes that there is a human being, you know, behind this account. So, um, on those days where things are maybe a little bit more negative, how do you kind of deal with that? And, and maybe what would you say to people uh, who are listening that maybe don't, uh, you know, realize that there is a human being behind that account running it? Right. And I, I think there's a couple different strategies as a social media person that you kind of can create, you know, to give yourself a little bit of freedom or a little bit of like, you know, I guess, a, a counterattack, right? So we've established ourselves as a little bit more of a, a punchy account where we're not, you know, we're not afraid to give it back to fans. You know, I think for everybody that comes at us with, you know, negative comments from a different fan base or, you know, chirps us in game, it, it's things that I keep on the back burner. I might screenshot something or, you know, save the tweet just, you know, for down the road. And you have to poke fun at your yourself sometimes when when you know you you deserve it and when you lose like we we kind of I've kind of put my foot in our my mouth a couple times with you know getting really eager in games but you know I I think we've built a reputation where if, if you're a fan from another organization and you're gonna chirp us we're gonna give it right back to you um, and, and you know to a degree I think some people might stay away from that now so I think that's one strategy but I think the other part of it is, you know, we have enough friends in this industry where, you know, we know when they're struggling and try and pick them up. Um, you know, one of my one of my better friends in this league, Kelsey Sweet, she, you know, manages the Bandits account, but she also manages the Bills and the Sabers. And you know, the Sabers, it's it's no surprise they're struggling. Um, so sometimes it's you know a, a nice message to pick somebody up like that. I think. You know, there's a, there's a lot of friendships behind the scenes that people don't really realize. And, you know, I was giving a presentation with Ontario Lacrosse University the other day. And I said, you know, you're only as, as strong as the weakest team in your league. Um, and, and we got to start thinking in that you succeed, I succeed, we succeed. And, 
you know, the more that we can bounce ideas off each other and, and, you know, really kind of pick each other up, it, it's going to be huge. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny that you, you bring that up. I, I wasn't able to um, kind of attend your Ontario lacrosse university conference. I heard or chat, I should say, but I heard it, it went really well. I was uh, given a, a speech on the Sunday and I said the exact same thing, uh, not even having known that you mentioned that, you know, we only kind of move as fast as the slowest team in the league. So um, we've heard it said time and time again this year, but we're all in this together. And I think that uh, very much is the case in the National Lacrosse League as we try to get the sport to the next level and just try to create, um, you know, good content across the board. Uh, moving forward, Chuck, I, I wanted to know about your kind of outlook on the next season and maybe the things that you hope to accomplish with the the content coming from uh, the Halifax Thunderbirds and uh, just next season. You know, what do you want to see happen in, in a market like Halifax? I think Halifax is the perfect storm for, you know, everything you need for a digital media success and digital media breakout. I think it's such a close, tight-knit community. That the fan and the fans are so passionate, um, you know, it, and it's great working in an organization where you have, you know, our president John Catalano, our VP of marketing Avery Light, uh, you Tyson, like we, we all bounce ideas off each other. Pat Gregoire as well, you know, late at night we're shooting texts to each other, something that we saw, you know, some sort of post that we might have seen that sparks an idea. So working around a, an incredible group of people, it makes the job easy. And it makes it fun. And I think, you know, this time off has given us all a, a total appreciation for what we're doing. And I think, you know, working with guys like Stroby and, and Brian Monroe, they're talented individuals. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm really excited to get back. I think, you know, the city's craving the, this team and, and the Thunderbirds play on the floor. I think we're going to be an incredibly talented team this year. And, you know, kind of with that first year under our belts, I think, you know, everyone should kind of be on notice that we're going to beef our game up tenfold. Like, I don't think they're, the NLL is ever going to see something like this. You know, I don't think they've ever seen anything like what we're going to do this year. Uh, I'm confident in saying the same thing there. Um, I, I've got this, this question out to a lot of the players that we've had on Inside the Nest. And, you know, I always ask, what's it like as a player to, to play for the city of Halifax? And what was the environment and atmosphere like? Um, but I, I haven't had the chance to ask a staff member the same question. You obviously worked with the Rochester Nighthawks for a number of years. You saw how things were done in Rochester. You were there for some of the biggest years uh, that that organization had, and it was pretty special. You go into Halifax in the inaugural season um, as someone who's up in the, the, you know, the press box coming down to the turf to capture content and what have you. But uh, what was the experience like there? And, and what can you tell me about that transition from a, a team employee's point of view? I just think the people in general in Halifax are just so incredible and so supportive. You know, the Scotiabank Center staff, uh, you know, every single person is fully invested in our organization. Like, you know, like it, it like they're working for us exactly um, or for themselves. They, you know, the second you walk in the door, it's, it's a smile, it's a hello. And it's, you know, they're literally sprinting around trying to make sure that we're accommodated for, you know, their social media presence helping us supporting us, to, you know, as a par great partner. It, it's phenomenal. Um, Mayor Mike Savage has welcomed us in with wide open arms and, 
you know, Tony Mancini, all these guys that are in the political sphere, be a part of this organization and want to, you know, align themselves with us. And, and that's something that I think is truly incredible. And it speaks volumes to the Halifax community. Um, you know, and the other part of it is too, like we touched upon negativity on social media. I think for us, when, when we lose, it's different, you know, fans are, are ready to kind of get back at it and are excited. And there's not that hostility. There's not uh, a sense of bashing the team. They, they want this team to succeed and they, you know, they're going to do whatever they can the guys on and, and, you know, bring positive presence for the next game. Uh, I have word that we've got Scott Campbell, Halifax Thunderbirds defenseman on the line. Now let's bring him in here uh, to producer John, if we can, Charlie and uh, Scott have worked together in the past. So we've got the three shot soupy. Welcome to inside the nest. Uh, if you're just joining Thanks. us, everyone watching on Facebook, Twitter, um, thank you for joining us and those listening later on on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, we do appreciate you tuning in. We've got Scott Campbell here and Charlie Ragusa. Uh, Supi, uh, sorry to cut you off there, but uh, thanks again for joining us. No, I was just saying thank you. Uh, thanks for having me. Excited to be here and apologize for being a little bit late. Had an had a incident at the, the monkey bars uh, with my youngest there, and uh, we're just trying to soak up the last little bit of sunshine here. It's been a nice day here in Toronto, so um and then obviously we have a we just had to have a little cuddle after a fall off the monkey bars so uh before we got all right i hope everyone's safe and sound now no tears everybody's everybody's good thanks uh soupy i'll ask you the same question that i just asked chuck there i was asking him about uh, coming in as a, a new member of the organization to a new city in halifax um just the experience firsthand what was it like for you to um you know, go for, you've been in this league for 16 years now um, to kind of hop around the league, to play for Rochester, make that move to Halifax and, and see something kind of being built from the ground up. Yeah, I think that was, that was the biggest thing is that, you know, when it's being built from the ground up, we, you don't really know what to expect. Uh, I was uh, lucky enough to, to be able to get out to, to Halifax in, in August and, um, there was already a little bit of a buzz at that point in time. Um, and then, uh, you know, obviously traveling back home and not really seeing anything again until December, um, you know, not knowing what to expect, but uh, you know, that, that first home game uh, in Halifax, uh, the night before I was out for, uh, for dinner and uh, my family had joined me for that first game. And uh, um, you know, a couple people at dinner uh, had, had, uh, you know, I was wearing, wearing something from uh, the Thunderbirds, you know, something logoed and, uh, you know, getting stopped a couple of times. Oh, you going to the game tomorrow? Are you going to the game tomorrow? Um, and, you know, explaining I was a, a player and just that, that excitement. And, you know, you don't, you don't get that in a lot of, uh, a lot of places, um, you know, and then obviously to see just the, the amount of fans uh, that would grow game over game and the excitement, um, you know, grow game over game. Um, you know, that, that was pretty amazing to see. So, you know, to start as a new franchise and then, um, you know, sort of midway through the year, start rivaling, um, you know, teams like uh, Saskatchewan that have, you know, a rabid fan base. You know, I would say arguably our our building was louder, um, you know, at the end of uh, or, or sort of midway through the year. Um, so it was, it was it was fantastic to see, and you know, as a player and, um, you know, a guy who's been in the league for a while, it's, it's, uh, 
you know, it's, it's certainly nice to see because we, we have a couple different spots uh, that um, could, could definitely use, you know, that type of fan base uh, to, to help the team along. Now, you just said Halifax fans are louder than SAS fans, and that comes from a man who, who's played in both barns um, as a yeah. member of both organizations. So, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's, that's high praise for, for the Thunderbirds uh, fans who are tuning in. Um, Supi, while we've got Chuck on the line here, I, I want to know, you know, he does some great work with, uh, with social media, having a voice for the Thunderbirds, kind of attracting new fans. It's uh, important to keep everyone engaged. As a player, do you have a, a close eye on the social media accounts of whatever team that you're playing for? And, um, you know, do you, do you pay much attention there? And are you kind of, I guess, invested in, in what's going on uh, with everything online? Um, so I'm probably the rare one. So I guess first and foremost, I mean, uh, Charlie, Chuck is, uh, uh, you know, again, the best in the business, right? I mean, you know, the way he runs our account and again, being in a couple of different spots and seeing sort of the social media presence, uh, you know, Chuck does it, uh, unlike anyone else. And, um, you know, it's, it's definitely, uh, doing it the best uh, across the league. Um, you know, being one of the older guys, uh, you know, social media is not exactly my forte. And, um, you know, so I don't have any of the, uh, the socials too much. So I, I, I don't, I don't, um, you know, uh, you know, follow anything really. Uh, for the most part, I, I pop on and actually just, you know, use a browser to, to follow Teddy Jenner and maybe a little lacrosse flash. And, uh, um, you know, outside of that, that's sort of where I get my, uh, my NLL news really. Um, but I know, like, you, I know a ton of players that, uh, you know, are, are absolutely, um, you know, taking a look and, and grabbing some motivation from, um, you know, the team we're about to play, social media handle and those types of things, right? So, um, yeah, I'm just one of the rare ones that, that uh, sort of don't follow. Uh, in your time in the league, you know, over the course of, of 16 seasons, uh, what's it been like for a, a player to kind of get a little bit more accustomed to, you know, more media coverage, having people, maybe a couple more microphones in your face. Um, I think mm -hmm. that, that kind of existed years ago and then maybe went away for a little bit and, and now it's starting to come back. So uh, how have you dealt with that and, and what are your views on that part of the process? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's where we wanted to go, right? That's uh, that's that's what we want from from our sport is to get more eyeballs on the sport and, you know, guys like uh, Charlie, are given that platform to uh, to do that for us, um, and so you know I, I hope it just continues to grow and um, you know get lacrosse to the mainstream. And I think it's a sport that uh, you know it's just so exciting to watch and and you know so the more we can get out and um, you know spread spread the word, then you know we'll get more butts in the seats and um, more people playing this great game, right? So. Uh, let's keep microphones in everybody's face, right? Chuck, you've got a microphone in your face right now. Any questions for Soupy? No, I mean, I, I think I just want to echo kind of what, what Soupy was saying there. Um, you know, from my start in the league as an intern back, you know, 2010, 2011, to where we are now, I, I think it's grown drastically. I think you kind of went from that mentality of no locker no access to locker rooms everything's a secret you know social media is for me guys 
And I think that mentality has changed over time where people are kind of in that idea that, listen, we grow together. You know, these are the sort of things that are going to put eyeballs on our sport because it is so unique and it is, you know, so attractive to new fans. So, you know, it's been great being along with this organization, you know, for the better part of the decade and being around guys like Soupy and, and Cody, you know, because they become part of your family. You know, you look forward to seeing these guys every week. You know, guys like Keo, you know, it's it's great to have these guys back too. Um, you know, you, you know, I, I remember Soupy had his daughter in the cup. I forget what year it was in, in Rochester, you know, and now to yeah. see, you know, full grown kid, you know, it's crazy. It's crazy to see, you know, like guys like Paul Day, who's, you know, had his little kid running around in Rochester and now he's playing in the junior NLL and, you know, Kersey's kids. Yeah. It, it's awesome. It, it, this is a family and I'm, I'm very excited and, and thrilled to be a part of it. Uh, Chuck, we'll, we'll let you go on that note. I, I really do uh, appreciate you coming on here and kind of sharing some insight. Um, you and I kind of became friends through, uh, through lacrosse coverage, I guess. I think when I started with the National Lacrosse League back in 2016, uh, I remember coming to face-off weekend down in Rochester uh, before the Nighthawks took on the Toronto Rock and uh, I think it was probably even before that in, in Six Nations, but you and I were kind of chatting about about things and, and we formed, uh, you know, a pretty great friendship over the years, just kind of covering lacrosse and, and to see, um, you know, the work that you've done and uh, how far you've kind of helped the, the organization come along. It's uh, it's pretty impressive. And, um, you know, I'm proud to know a guy like you to, who has uh, done work like this. So uh, thanks for joining us. I'm, I'm really glad we could kind of have you on to, to share your side of the story. Appreciate that, guys. Thank you. Good to see you, Chuck. It's Charlie Ragusa, Director of Business Development for the Halifax Thunderbirds. Uh, Sue, people keep you on here. I uh, want to pick your brain a little bit more about uh, things across the National Lacrosse League. As I mentioned, you, you spent 16 years, or 16 seasons, I should say, in the league. Um, you were traded from Rochester, uh, playing with the Nighthawks, to the uh, Saskatchewan Rush and made the decision to uh, re-sign in Halifax or with the Thunderbirds organization. Um, you had the chance to kind of walk and go somewhere else, but what made you come back to, to this club? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was, uh, I'd like to say, you know, it was a complete no-brainer, but, you know, my gut sort of drove me back here. Um, you know, obviously spending uh, a ton of time with Kurt, uh, you know, our owner and, um, you know, sort of what he's been building and how he's treated me. And, um, you know, that was, you know, I felt not maybe, maybe the wrong word, but felt like I owed him a little bit, you know, he, he was really good to my career. Um, and, uh, you know, took a chance on me after I got cut, uh, you know, just straight up release from, from, uh, Boston and, had me uh, on his team, you know, the next weekend, uh, coincidentally playing against Boston. And, um, you know, just went from there and just really found a home um, in his organization. And um, so, you know, that would that would be probably the first piece. Um, and then sitting back and, and looking at teams, you know, obviously the year, um, you know, prior in Rochester uh, before getting traded to Sask and then um anyhow long story but the uh you know just seeing how the team was growing and seeing the pieces there um 
you know, really, I really felt that there was something there. Uh, we hadn't reached our potential, um, you know, in, in Rochester and, um, you know, wanted to, you know, join the squad and see if, you know, I could be, you know, a piece uh, of something sort of bigger, right? And, um, and I think you saw that starting to come together last year and obviously we didn't get a chance to to see it through and um you know just just a young team hungry team um and just wanted to be a, a veteran on that team and um you know sort of you know a bunch of guys in their prime and uh you know see where that would take us right Uh, Supi, I think we've lost audio or I have on my end of things at least. So I'm just waiting to, to kind of get that back and see if I can hear uh... you. Can hear oh, you. there we can go. Okay. You're back. Hello? You're back. Sorry. I missed the last, right, missed the last part of the answer, but I, I'm hoping that we've got that on, on Spotify or Apple podcasts. Um, uh, now we can go back. Through it I do. Want. I do. Yeah. Um, I have to ask you about, you know, the cancellation of, of last season and kind of the momentum that the Thunderbirds had. How tough was that to kind of deal with? And, um, you know, what was the feeling like? Well, it was like, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was just super disappointing. Like, again, we had, uh, we had a good, good thing going. We had maybe just had a bit of a blip. Um, I think we had lost a couple games and then we, we maybe won kind of two in a row, um, and kind of getting our mojo back a little bit and, um, gearing up for, you know, the, the back half of the season, kind of a run into playoffs. Right. And so, you know, just everything was the, the group, the, the team was so tight. We were having such a good time. Uh, we were winning, obviously playing in front of Halifax uh, and those fans were, uh, you know, nothing like I had seen. Uh, in my 16 years and and so it was it's just bittersweet you know um or, or or just bitter i suppose nothing bittersweet like it just it was just like kind of didn't feel real for a long time and then it was like oh we might be back we might be back we might be back and then completely canceled right so yeah just like kind of just anticlimactic just just you know wish we could have kept that role going and uh you know as an older guy it's like how many more how many more years do I have left of this and, and how quickly can we get back at it? Um, you know, uh, and try to keep that, that magic rolling really. Right. So that's just kind of all the feelings that we're, we're going through, but it's just, it was just kind of just sad essentially. Yeah. Do you feel that it adds more fuel to the fire in inaugural season 2.0 here that's set to take place at the end of uh, 2021? Yeah, I think, you know, maybe, um, you know, from a player's perspective, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I hope from the, from the fans' perspective as well that, hey, it's like, you know, there's that unfinished business there. Um, you know, I hope they remember how much fun it was coming to the games and that buzz and, you know, can, can get all those fans back and more. And, uh, you know, I think we were putting on a pretty good show. So, uh, you know, it sounds like even just from we – I know last few weeks or a, couple, a few weeks ago, we were calling some season ticket holders and that. And um, sounds like everybody was pretty pumped to, you know, hey, whenever whenever we can figure it out and get get back to it, you know, they'll, they'll be there and they'll be coming in droves, right? Uh, so you'll have spent uh, quite a bit, a fair bit of time off from playing uh, from the cancellation of the season in 2020 all the way up mm -hmm. until the end of 2021. How do you plan on kind of staying game ready 
you are an older guy in this league, so it might prove to be a little bit more of a challenge, but uh, do you have a kind of strategy there? Are you staying involved and, and active, uh, keeping the stick in your hands in the meantime? Yeah, so uh, stick in my hands, not so much. I think you might be able to see it behind me there or it's which way, this way. So, you know, while I'm yeah. on this office is where I work from, um, my nine to five. And you know, so I'm on calls, I I've, uh, do a little cradling and that sort of thing, bouncing the ball uh, just on the floor here, but haven't uh, been getting out and, and throwing the ball around too much. But, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, put a, put a, I think a decent setup in my garage and, you know, got a, got a rack set up and some barbells and bumper plates and, and go out there and, and grind for a bit. The, the gyms are back open here. Um, so I'm back kind of in my routine, um, you know, with my morning workouts and then, um, you know, just, uh, I think we were, there was talk of that bubble and started ramping up my training again, kind of at that time and the weather getting nice again here. Now we can get out and start pounding the pavement a little bit too. So, um, you know, I guess really at this point it's, it's, it's routine for me. I like to have, you know, something to, like a goal to kind of work towards. Right. So, um, you know, staying in the gym and, and think we'll be ready to go uh, when training camp uh, comes here. Well, I don't want to keep you for too much longer, but I do have to know the number one thing that you're looking forward to heading back into the 2021-2022 uh, season here. Um, yeah, I would say like there's uh, there's like a buzz when we land in Halifax and, you know, kind of pick up our bags and, and jump on the bus. Um, you know, most of the guys fly from, from Toronto, um, heading into Halifax and, uh, jumping on the bus and, and the boys call calling the hotel, um, uh, uh, restaurant there and getting their chowder ordered, um, for their meal of the night. And, uh, just sort of the excitement of, um, you know, kind of just all being together and, um, you know, getting ready for that, that, uh, that game, the Saturday night, um, you know, that's, that's, you know, one of the biggest things that I miss, right. Is just traveling with the boys and, uh, having a good laugh and, you know, so I'm certainly ready to get back at that. And, um, you know, close second is just, uh, you know, that, that, uh, that first face off and, and that excitement and those, those nerves and, you know, even 16 years in, in the league, uh, you know, getting, you know, that once that ball is drawn, like there's sort of nerves right up into that. And then you just kind of go on, uh, on instincts from there. Right. So, um, you know, those are the two things that I, I certainly miss. Yeah. It's going to be one great feeling going down that escalator, seeing the welcome to Halifax sign that's in the airport there that everyone's always yeah. Instagramming. I know you're not on Instagram, but everyone does when they touch down in Halifax. So, uh, I, myself, right. I'm looking forward to that too. Uh, Soupy, yeah. thanks so much for joining us here. You're always great to talk to and, uh, definitely makes my job easy. Looking forward to, you know, seeing you play in, in 2021, 2022 and excited to see what you have in store because I think in the, you know, the second half of your career here, you, you've started to put up, um, you know, even more in terms of numbers, goals, assists. Uh, I think you set a career high in points in uh, 2018, and you were a big part yeah. of the Rochester Nighthawks run to the finals too. So uh, excited to see what uh, you've got in store for us. And, and again, thanks for joining us in Inside the Nest. Yeah, thanks for having us. I always got uh, some tricks up my sleeve there, Tice, you know, a wily old vet. So, um, you know, hoping to, to keep people surprised at, uh, at my game. But, uh, you know, thanks for having me on and always great chatting with you, man.
Well, we look forward to seeing what you got in store. For all those who have tuned in here to Inside the Nest, Episode 9, we want to thank you so much uh, for our producer, John Catalano, Avery Light, Charlie Ragusa, the rest of the Halifax Centerbirds organization. Uh, it means a lot uh, that you're tuning in right now. Hope everyone's staying sane, staying safe, and staying happy. We uh, are counting the days to the 2021-2022 season, and we'll be back with another episode of Inside the Nest. That is Episode 10, comes in just a couple of weeks. Uh, if you did miss the episode or if you're just tuning into the tail end of it you can catch the episodes on spotify apple podcasts or wherever else you listen to all of your podcasts again thanks for tuning in i'm your host tyson geik and we'll see you in a couple weeks take care